and welcome to Do You Still Like Me, a podcast for the unhinged by the unhinged. My name is Jace. And my name is Ree. And we are your hosts. <laughs> so Ree, we actually wanted to do a podcast a long, 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 long time ago. Oh, such a long time ago. We've been talking about it for a it while, I think. Even before podcasts were a huge thing. Yes, yes, no, definitely. When you still had to get them on iTunes and there was no podcast app and um, they were on uh, SoundCloud and, you, yeah, we wanted to do one for a long, long From, time. Yeah. From what I remember, it was literally iTunes. Like that was the major platform. That was basically the only place you could get them. Mm-hmm. And they were a lot shorter. Yes, they were. And ju- like just the whole culture around them was a lot different, but... How young were we back then? My God. Very like, young. Uh, it would have <laughs> been. It yeah. would have been 2005, six, or maybe seven. Something like, I think it would have been. It would have <laughs> That's a lot of years to choose from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it would have had to have been 2006 or 2007, just given um, when we met and our True. age difference. Which True. isn't. Which isn't a huge age difference. It's not. I'm uh, 75 and... <laughs> yeah. Re- <laughs> and I'm actually 12. That's... Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've managed to make a wonderful friendship <laughs> from the fact that I wasn't even born back then. I didn't exist. Despite our differences. <laughs> um, um, we... I remember that... Our podcast that we wanted to start, we had two oh names for God. it. One was Bacon and Beans. I'm terrified from to remember the these. movie Hot Fuzz. Yes. So actually, <laughs> we can we can actually trace back when we decided to start a podcast the first time for when Hot Fuzz was released in cinemas. Well, I think 2007. I think it would have had to have been on DVD by then because we didn't see it in cinemas. I was. I did. I, was, I saw it in cinemas like 12 times. I was too young at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Once, once again, Two just showing showing the age gap here. Uh, I was I was actually, uh, I was three months old, so I couldn't go see it in the <laughs> cinema. <laughs> I tried to smuggle Re in uh, in my bag, but they're very strict. I just, I wouldn't stop crying. Wouldn't stop crying. <laughs> Could not stop. And uh, still crying to this day. Every day. Uh, okay, so it came out in 2007. So it would have been come, would have come out on DVD in 2008. So I believe so. So 2008. All right, let's, let's actually show how old we are here. 2008, I would have been <laughs> 16 years old. 2008, yep. <laughs> how much older than you am I? Uh, four years? Do you, do you think I actually remember that? I only remember things about myself. You're my Come brother's on. age, right? I am a year older than you. Okay, your so three years. So I was. Yes. Oh my god, I have to do math. Eighteen. So, no, yeah, you would have been 18, 18. 18 or nineteen. Eighteen or yeah, nineteen. I think I would have been Which like is eighteen. Absolutely insane to me that we used to be those ages and that we have been friends for that long. Like honestly, it's it's mind-boggling to me. I can't process it sometimes time isn't real but you know so we've just we've just decided that um our friendship is that special enough that we need to share it with the world and also just how fucked up we both are yes this is very important for us to just be putting this out there I think I remember (laughs) being on the phone with you 
for hours and hours when we were teenagers mm-hmm. just talking absolute shit and us being like, we should have a radio show. We should we have a radio should. show. And oh then podcast sort of became a thing. And mm-hmm. then we were like, we should start, we should a, start podcast. a podcast. Yeah. So we got sort of talked a little bit mm. about it, but then we, in true Jason Ree style... <laughs> Um, decided that we just didn't want to do it anymore. We were, and we yeah. never even started. <laughs> I think that's a that's a pretty common thread with the two of us, and honestly, just anyone else who um, is mm-hmm. in the same kind of bucket of crazy that we are is like you have these outlandish ideas, you have these big projects you want to start, and then you look at the actual amount of work you have to put into it. And you just go, if yes. nope, if I'm not perfect at this immediately, I'm not doing it. I only want to do things that I will be amazing at the first <laughs> try, which is probably contributing to why it's taken so long. And we, we, we're just sitting here in front of our microphones being like, well, exactly. this better be fucking perfect or it's not going out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should we talk a little bit about how we met I feel I feel like we should I feel like that's probably a pretty important part of understanding who we are and why the fuck we're doing this um but Jace being the being the elder and being probably (laughs) I don't even know who we are or where the fuck we're doing this (laughs) a personality disorders but um I feel like the fact that you are a better storyteller than me and also um you were less of a baby you could probably tell this a bit better than I could. So feel free to start. I'll jump in if I need to. You are making me sound like such an old creep right now. Um, we, well, you, I mean, you are. We met, well, we don't need everyone to know that yet. <laughs> Let's lure them in with me being like not a creep. Okay. And then we can hit them with the fact that I am a creep. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave the creep reveal as a big twist. So we met, I was in grade (laughs) 12? No. I believe it was 11. Fuck. This is going to be just an exercise in me trying to remember things about my childhood. I'm pretty sure it was grade 11 um, because we we did have a couple of years at school together. So it would have had to have been 11. You were a senior, but you weren't. Yes, you were. I know you were in grade nine. Uh, It would have been eight or nine. Yes. It would have been nine because you were in high achievers. Yes. So what high achievers was, was this special class where if you were apparently really gifted in uh, lateral thinking, then you were in a special class with other people who were gifted with lateral thinking. I was in that class when I was that age and then I aged out of it. But then a couple of years later, re-joined that class. So I was still involved in the high achievers through this thing called Tournament of Minds. <laughs> it's this, what would you say? It's like a competition that a certain number of students from different schools around Australia compete in like it's a lateral thinking competition re was in high achievers and i was yeah a high achiever helper so when i left high achievers high achievers high achievers i stayed around to help with tournament of the minds and that's where re and i so basically we were both big teachers pets yes yes that uh, is but true. spoiler alert 
I was great at uh, lateral thinking because I was severely mentally ill and undiagnosed. And if you would like another spoiler alert, so was I. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's kind of the whole point of this. Like, I, fuck, I was like, oh, God, I can't even remember how I got into it. But basically, I was in this program and Jace was kind of like a mentor figure in this program and we just kind of hit it off. This is sounding um, a lot like yeah. I groomed you. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh god. I I promise Jace did not groom me. That is not how the relationship went at all. The <laughs> age difference is honestly not even that big. It oh boy. But yes, Jace was like <laughs> Jace was <laughs> I started school early. So Yeah. I exactly. was very young when I started school. Exactly. Yeah, you were like a mentor figure to like my – no, you weren't even a mentor to my team. You were a mentor to the other team. I was. I just liked you. So I was like – so I'm like, I'm going to stick to you. I'm going <laughs> to attach myself to I you. I do remember actually that because I was – I would never ever um, mentor the math team because I am shocking at maths. If anything – has maths in it Um, I will leave I I shut down (laughs) so there's no way they could ever get me to mentor the maths team or the science team I was always English and the English team always fills up really quickly and I was stuck in the maths team and Re I was stuck in the maths team I didn't want to be there yeah Re had to unfortunately be be in the maths team because the English team was full so I was mentoring the English team and Re wanted to be in the English team but was put in the maths team so uh, I remember distinctly, actually, Re always getting in trouble for uh, being over with my group when they should have been over with their group. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So that's that's a little bit this about true. you know how we met. Um, Forming attachments, yeah. uh, very yes. typical. It's like um, <laughs> it's like we knew somehow that the other was extremely mentally ill and we just uh gravitated towards each other I think so because we do have a very similar kind of cocktail of Mm -hmm. experiences and symptoms and all of that fun stuff that you know we We do talk about when we talk about these things um but yes we we just kind of like were almost inseparable after that yeah like it pretty much instantly instant instant friendship and We've never really drifted apart since, which honestly in this day and age is kind of ridiculous. But here we are being ridiculous and you you could mm-hmm. not drive a wedge between us if you tried. Both with personality disorders. Yes. It's very yes. strange yes. that we, we haven't had big blow-ups and gotten upset with each other and just never spoken to each other again because we both suffer from the... <laughs> exact same personality Literally. disorder uh, which is why I say the podcast is by the unhinged because we are both fucked up um, we're allowed to say that we're allowed to use the word unhinged I feel it's a reclamation I mean if anyone has a problem with that I'm sure they will not hesitate to let us know but unless they have good points to make I'm not necessarily gonna listen I'm gonna be honest I don't want to listen to it we would rather listen to ourselves talk uh yes I mean I'm literally talking uh I'm looking at myself in the little window and I'm looking at my own voice on the little recording like that's that's what I'm doing this whole time so 
I'm just looking at myself. That's, that's all I'm looking at. Like, come on. <laughs> so am I. So if you haven't put it together by now, Rhea and I are not in the same room. We're not. Or even the same state. Unfortunately, We're doing no. this over Facebook video call. It's a little Facebook bit of a lag. So call. if we sound yeah. like we're talking over each other, it's because we are. <laughs> we tried Skype. It didn't work. And there was a whole thing. It is 9 p.m. in Sydney now. We were supposed to record at 6 p.m. Uh, it took us a while, but we got there eventually, thankfully. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's 8 in Queensland and we were supposed to record at 5 my time. It's dark <laughs> outside. It was yeah. light outside when we started trying to it get all was. of this technical stuff going. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of boring shit to cut out. I mean, yeah, but that happens. That happens, you know. I think I... Oh, I was a mentor for your grade Mm -hmm. and then I kept, so it must have been grade 11 because I was a mentor again after that. And that's when I made not a great decision, I guess, because when you're a mentor, a student mentor, you have these kids to look after. All the different schools go to one university and do their little performances with their problem solving and all of that stuff. There's one where you're given the question and you have to solve it as a team right on the spot. And then there's another one where you get a few months to work on the problem, solve it, and also create a performance, like a play around that problem. The student mentors are there to help the teachers technically, like essentially to help the teachers. So it was my job to make sure that my group didn't go running off, uh, stayed where they needed to be when they were, when they were needed. I was essentially like a PA. I was a personal assistant to all of these kids, a handler, making sure they were where they needed to be. The year after you did it, I was in grade 12 mm-hmm. and I had another group of kids mm-hmm. to look after. It was me and you know exactly the story that's coming. Yep, I can't wait. <laughs> I cannot wait. It was me and two other people, two other students. Yeah. And oh my God. it was our job. <laughs> it was our job to look after this group of kids. How many, do you remember how many kids were in each group? It was at least six, I believe. Bet- something like between six and 10, I think. But then again, that could have just been my group. I I can't remember the other groups, but I can remember my group. Yeah. I'm I think thinking eight, eight roughly is probably a – I mean, I said between six and ten, so eight, probably a good ballpark. Yeah, and that's exactly between six and ten. Uh, yeah, so it was three year 12 students looking yeah. after eight kids in grade nine. Um, how old are you in grade nine? Ew. This is too much maths for me, if you can't tell. Grade um, nine, you're about... 14. So so grade, grade nine in Australia, you tend to be 14 or 15 years old. Personally, I was uh, I was 14 turning 15 in grade nine. Um, so yeah, that's like the average yeah, So 14. So it was me, I was 17, and my two friends who were also looking after the kids were 18, and these kids were like a bunch of 14-year-olds. We had a performance in the morning. Yep. Like early in the morning and yep. then late in the afternoon was our second performance. We had hours between. My year advisor, who was also the high achievers class teacher, 
she said to us, we are to look mm-hmm. after the kids, take them out. Um, you know, why don't we take them out to some something we can all do together, go and get something to eat, go and do an activity or whatever. And we thought, yep, cool. All right, that's awesome. We can do that. The kids were good. They listened to us and they were no problem. So we decided to hmm how do I put this <laughs> so the options that we came up with were go and see a movie or take all of the kids to the holocaust museum now two very good options I may add one of the uh, chaperones she said we should take the kids to the Holocaust Museum because it's educational and it's a still a school day. And if you couldn't tell, she was the ducks of the school. She was uh, a lovely, lovely person, but definitely, um, you know. Fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's how you put it. Um, and then the other person that was with us, he suggested the movies and I also wanted to go to the movies because I was 17 years old. I was depressed and I could think of nothing more depressing than taking a bunch of kids to the Holocaust Museum. Now, at the age that I'm at now, I'm 31. I would love to go to the Holocaust Museum because it's interesting. It's history and we should all learn about it. We should all know about what happened with the history of you know everything that's going on. I... I'm very interested in that kind of thing. I have spent hours and hours and hours going down Wikipedia rabbit holes about Anne Frank, the Holocaust, Anne Frank's family, everything. I, at this age, would love to go to the Holocaust Museum. Nothing against the Holocaust Museum. But I was 17. I didn't give a shit about anything other than... Yeah, of course. Well, not other than anything, just I didn't really give a shit about anything. And I wanted to go to the movies. So, I mean, you were a literal child. Yeah, I was a child. But, I mean, this other girl, she she chose Holocaust Museum. (laughs) So she just must have been better than me. Better at being a nerd. We had the choice. So we decided to do... I'm really shit at telling stories. (laughs) Um... I just know that this is going to make me sound so bad. I can't believe I'm telling everybody this in our first episode. And this is just, this is setting the tone for who I am as a person. I know, but this is, this is one of my favorite stories about you. Honestly, this is one of my favorite things that you've done (laughs) in my life. I'm really sad that I couldn't be there for this. Because it would have been amazing. <laughs> but you, you need to tell it, Chase. It's essential. You gotta. You gotta do it. Come on. As if people didn't think that I corrupted you enough already. Oh, come on. I was corrupt enough already. But we'll get into the heavy shit later. Let's tell the story. <laughs> so we put it to a vote. Go to the movies and see the movie that me and this guy wanted to see. Or take the kids to the Holocaust Museum. There was three of us. We were going to vote. And whoever got the most votes... That's what we would do. Now, the girl, the ducks, she obviously voted for the Holocaust Museum. It was her suggestion. Me and this other guy voted for the movies. So, we took everyone to the cinema. 
It was a short walk. We went up. I got everybody's money. I bought all the tickets. We go in. We sit down. Just imagine this row. There's a blonde (laughs) 18-year-old. Then there's me, a not blonde 17-year-old. Then a little row of 14, 15-year-olds. And then an 18-year-old guy on the other end because we're responsible. (laughs) We want to, you know, cap them in so that they can't run off. We want to make sure that they stay where they're supposed to be because we are responsible chaperones. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Movie starts. What movie do you think that we decided to take this bunch of impressionable, nerdy little children to see? I don't know, Jace. Why don't you tell me? We took them to see none other than director extraordinaire Kevin Smith's Clerks 2. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have seen Clerks 2 oh my or God. any Clerks movies, but let's just say that it's oh not the kind of movie God. you want to take anyone under the age of 18 to. You don't want to take them there. Oh. If they're your child. How did they even let you in? I bought the tickets. I can't understand. Oh, my God. They did not ask for ID. Wow. Well, that's on them. I wish that you could have seen the expression on these little children's faces (laughs) when a big bear of a man... Brings a donkey out. Oh, God, no. In the middle of a fast food store. Oh, God. And fucks it. Oh, my God. You know, I, I still haven't watched that movie. I haven't. And I don't think I will because I think it's a lot well, funnier. Well, spoiler alert, he fucks the donkey. Yeah, no, I know that a man fucks a donkey in the movie. I, I feel like it's funnier just knowing about <laughs> it from your personal <laughs> recollections. Personally, I love that. I I don't need to say it for myself. I just hear about it from you and the fact that you took a bunch of 14-year-olds to see a man fuck a donkey. <laughs> you look took when a you bunch put it of like that. It does sound funky. <laughs> it sounds extremely bad. And I'm really upset okay. that I wasn't there for this. <laughs> we had the choice between taking these children to the Holocaust Museum or taking them to see a movie where a guy fucks a donkey. And that I mean, look, is what me and this other guy chose. Think about it. You're a 14-year-old. 14-year-olds are gross. Like, I was. I know I was. What would you rather see <laughs> as a 14-year-old? Some depressing shit or some weird shit? Like, come on, man. Come on. Look, these little children, they were so innocent. You fucked them up. And I... I don't know where any of them are today. I mean, that's probably good because <laughs> I, did fuck them I up. mean, if you did know where they were, they could probably pull restraining orders on you. Let's be real. Like, come on. I'm I would. somebody's parent now. I'm two you people's are a, parent you, now. <laughs> we haven't mentioned that yet. Yeah, I am a parent. You're a parent. You have two children. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> you have you have two children. Tell you what, if anyone took my children to go and see Clerks 2 when they were that age, I, okay, listen, I would laugh, but 
I would not be happy about it. No. No, you wouldn't be. I would contact the school and say, <laughs> why did you let these year 12 kids take my child to see an R-rated movie where a guy fucks a donkey and a guy talks about vagina trolls and he can't kiss his girlfriend because she's got a mouth troll and, like, he can't go down on her. This is even and like, to me as someone who hasn't seen the movie. I cannot believe that I did not get in trouble for that. I've been getting away with weird shit my whole life. You really have been. We both have been, honestly. I <laughs> Yeah, we have. And I think it's because we're so just, cute. I'm so sad that I was never this. We are. We're both very cute. We're extremely cute. And I mean, <laughs> I, this is our first episode. If you're listening to this, you're probably already friends with us. You probably know how cute we are. For now, you're friends and with us. if you're, you know, listening to this in the future... If you're listening to this in the future, you're someone who's gone back and decided to binge. Hello, this is what we were like in our first episode. Absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Look, I decided to tell this story. (laughs) I'm already getting ready. I'm getting ready. The reason I decided to tell this story in the first episode, it's a very calculated (laughs) decision, actually. Um, I want you guys to know exactly what you're in for. Even though you suck at maths. Yeah. (laughs) This is as much as calculated as I get because I avoid maths yes fuck maths I want you to know exactly what you're in for when you listen to this podcast you need to know that this is going to be the two of us talking about the most un (laughs) unsightly parts of mental illness the most unfortunate parts of trauma the most ridiculous shit of having to Mm -hmm. deal with this day by day it's going to be funny a lot of the time but also it's going to be pretty fucking wild like yes what people and I feel like what people don't understand about being the kind of people that we are is (laughs) that we are going through this every we're going through this every day it's constant Mm -hmm. it's never ending um it's just it needs to be seen and it needs to be understood. It needs to be seen to be believed. It, like, it needs to be seen to be believed because the idea of normal is fucked. Mm-hmm. And we have tried so long to be the idea of normal. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, I'm too fucking old for this. <laughs> I'm sure we both are. I'm sure everyone, everyone yep. is. Everyone in our circles is fucked up in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like we need to embrace it and we need to talk about it more. We need to talk about it more because it's very important. I had one neurotypical friend and then literally this morning she got diagnosed with depression. <laughs> oh, my God. I had, I had one neurotypical friend and in high school fucked me up beyond belief fucked me up beyond belief I don't know why I was friends with her but hey when you're a teenager and you're fucked in the head like I am you will do anything for validation high achievers (laughs) (laughs) I feel like the reason we were considered high achievers is because we were just so keen on making people like us that we would have gone to the ends of the earth at that age before we, we were, were people pleasers we were we yeah. were suck ups before we um truly embraced the depression and everything that came with it we were trying to fend it off 
And we just wanted people to like us so bad that we would have done anything to make them like us. And I think that's part of the reason we were put in High Achievers is because God, yes. we were seen as motivated. Yes. But really, in reality, our motivation was please like me. Otherwise, I will fling myself in front of the school bus. 100%. Our motivation was based on validation. We just wanted to be – we wanted to be good at something mm-hmm. and we wanted to be praised for something. And we felt like this was the only way that we could do it because in most of the other areas of our lives, we were just not – we were just floundering. We weren't doing well. Like – Family wasn't good. Friends mm-hmm. were uh, like, come on, it's high school. No, no friendships are ever good in high school, really, when mm-hmm. you think about it. Um, so academically, this was like... Even if you think they are. Mm, this was like the one thing that we could be something at and we could get something from and we could get mm-hmm. some recognition, some validation, some praise and some love that we so sh- sh- fucking sorely needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So sorely needed. I'm sorry. I sounded like I was drunk just then. <laughs> I just literally could not make a word come out of my mouth. I promise. <laughs> I am not drunk. I just forgot how to w- say the word sorely. Um, but yeah, like we were, we were hurting. Yeah. We were hurting. And I feel like a lot of quote unquote gifted kids are going through the same kind of thing. It's a lot of kids with undiagnosed ADHD. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of kids with undiagnosed BPD. It's a lot of kids that, yeah, they're smart, definitely. And I'm not saying we weren't smart. We were smart. Mm-hmm. But due to our home environments and due to the way that our brains worked, this was how we found a way to do something, to be something. Yep. And it worked early on. Yes, early on it did I work. I say early on. Uh, do you feel like you're smart, though? Because, I mean... Not smart. I think the diff. I think what I'm asking is, do you feel like you have a high IQ? Because I don't think that I do. I think. Oh, I talk- oh, this is the best question to ask me. This is the <laughs> best question to ask me because do you know that I have literal papers? Do you want to know? Do you wanna oh, know? Right. I want to know. So Tell I me. First, I first got IQ. I first got IQ tested when I was the age of seven. Whoa! So this was in 1999. Last century, I was seven years old, I got IQ tested and I still have those tests and those results in a box under my bed. At the age of seven, I had an IQ of 142. Whoa! I'm not kidding. Holy shit. I'm not kidding in the slightest. Like, and this isn't even really a brag. Like, (laughs) I know that uh, IQ itself is kind of like a weird uh, mechanism to grade people on and test people on. But yes. I was tested when I was quite young and I had an IQ of over certified genius level. Whoa. Now that's all well and good for me uh, at the time. But how do you think that affects a kid? Yeah. Being put in that situation of being like, oh, you're special. You're really special. You're really special. And then you get to high school. The second you get to high school, mm-hmm. boom, it's gone. You cannot deal anymore because you have not been given life skills you have not been given the skills to be able to like study and learn properly because you just mm-hmm. coast on everything and you are given this constant level of praise like, oh, you're this thing. Like gifted mm-hmm. and talented programs are a fucking scam. I will say that now and I am so sorry if there are any parents <laughs> listening to this that have kids that are qualifying for those things. I'm sure your kids are very smart. <laughs> I think you should probably also get them a therapist. Please. <laughs> 
they will need it. Yes. They will need it as soon as possible. Please listen to your children. They are about to be very sad. <laughs> it's a fucking symptom. See, I'm laughing. It's fucked. It's fucked. And like, look, I, I, like, I've accepted. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm laughing because I've been through it as well. I was never tested, but I was in a lot of gifted and talented programs as a kid. And then when I got to high school and realized mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just, I, I'm laughing not at you, but because I relate to that. So continue. I just wanted to make it very clear that I'm <laughs> laughing. But it's because it hurts. If you Go. ever laugh at me, I will jump out of a window. You know that. I know. That's why I would never laugh at you. Exactly. That's the whole point of our friendship. Anyway, so these kids, and like Jason and I are among them. I have a lot of friends that have also gone through this whole situation. You're given all of this praise very early on. You're told that you're special. You're told that like there is something about you that is amazing. Whatever. That's cool. That's great. Wonderful. I love seeing kids achieve. I love seeing kids do well. I was a kid once and I've also worked in childcare. So I have a great, I have a great affinity for like kids in general. Um, And I think it is very important to like encourage academic interests and pursuits and kids wanting to be creative and kids wanting to like pursue their interests. Having said that, gifted and talented programs are a scam. Yeah, they are a fucking scam because they are basically made to target kids that just don't. Oh, my God. Like they get these high test scores. They're doing really well in these like certain areas. And then at the end of the day, like there is clearly some shit going on there. Every single person I have talked to that was in one of those programs as an adult, like talking to them as an adult, I mean. We have almost Mm -hmm. all ended up to have ADHD. Almost every single one of us. Almost every single one of us. (laughs) I I feel like I've gotten a little bit too serious here. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. We are going to. Something in my brain was like, ugh, I'm mad. We're going to let this go. But I think it's important. Exactly. I think it's an important thing to talk about. And the whole thing, the whole point of us having these conversations and recording them and putting them out into the world is here are two people that have suffered their whole lives with this kind of bullshit. Yes. And we're going to talk about it in a way yes. that isn't necessarily going to be sanitized. That's that's why I feel like I'm here. I'm here to be like, hey, a lot of people suffer from this bullshit. It's not easy and it's not what you think it is mm-hmm. necessarily. A lot of mental health awareness and advice is very much centered around the very typical ideas of depression and anxiety and while I am not faulting people that have those particular symptoms or disorders hell I get depression I get anxiety it's a whole part of my deal whole (laughs) part of my deal but but at the end of the day that is a very small part of the spectrum Mm -hmm. it's a very small part of the spectrum a lot of symptoms are very ugly a lot of behaviors can get really ugly and I don't want to sanitize. I think what I don't want to sanitize that because in sanitizing that go on. No, you go. I think in sanitizing that we're doing everyone a great disservice because it just makes it harder. It makes Mm -hmm. it harder for us to actually properly fucking express ourselves. It makes it harder for everyone to properly fucking express themselves. No matter what you're going through that is seen as quote unquote, not 
normal. Could be mental health, could be gender, sexuality, could be all sorts of bullshit. I say bullshit, like I've been through all three of those things myself. <laughs> but you you get what I mean. And hopefully you guys listening will get what I mean. All of these things that are seen as being not quote-unquote normal, not quote-unquote typical, a lot of parts of what is portrayed to the general public are heavily sanitized. Like, oh, a depression. Oh, you're just a bit sad sometimes. Oh, oh like being we queer. We all get like or, that. Yeah. Being queer or being trans is seen as being very black and white. Uh, mm-hmm. being on the being autistic is seen as very black and white it's fucked it's mm-hmm. not true and it's not how it actually is and I feel like not a lot of people actually properly talk about that a lot of the mental health advice that I see online is very kind of fluffy and very over mm-hmm. overly positive like oh good vibes only like fuck that no no mm-hmm. I'm not here for good vibes Go I have I a want, bath I I don't want good vibes. I want fucking help. And I want to hear about mm-hmm. other people like me. And that's why I'm here. Because exactly. I I want to hear about other people like me. I think um, what we can do with this podcast is because we are so candid with each other, I think we're the perfect people to be bouncing off each other about this. We deal with the same personality disorder. Mine is something called quiet BPD where I internalize everything I still have my like explosions and things like that but a lot of it I just keep inside and Re has like loud BPD which is like the more talked about common kind um but both kinds of BPD are stigmatized you only have to watch like Criminal Minds or any of those shows to see how people treat people who have BPD. Oh, the person's crazy. They've, they've got borderline personality disorder. That's why they've gone and murdered all of these people. I don't know about you, Ree, but I have murdered mm, zero people in my life. Um, it's not what the television programs make it out to be. But at the same time, it's not this fluffy, ooh-woo, like you know feelings kind of disorder and I think because we can be so open with each other about how we're feeling about things and we trust each other in that sense we can show other people what it's like to live with these kinds of disorders and not sugarcoat it definitely and feel comfortable being and talking about our experiences and all of that kind of stuff with each other I would just like to make a note. Um, I haven't murdered anyone, but if murdering someone would get me on Criminal Minds and I could be I could be near Matthew Gray Goobler, <laughs> I would do it. I would do it. Noted. You brought up Criminal Minds. Come on, you knew I was going to go there. Look, Spencer Reed is the perfect man. I'm <laughs> sorry. He is. Uh, sorry to any other man out there. If you're not Spencer <laughs> Reed, I'm not interested, unfortunately. With going, just going back to your um, IQ test thing, did you get tested again yes. as an adult or did you just get tested as a kid and then they never, like your parents never took you to get tested as a teenager or an adult or anything like that? Um, I did get tested again as an adult. The result was mostly this, I, the test as a child, I remember much more vividly, I think because it was a more pivotal point in my life. And also I have literal like mm-hmm. paper proof of it. Yep. 
but the test that I had as an adult, I think there was not much of a difference. I think it was only, it was I think it was like a couple points higher, but it was still in that range. Ooh, Mr. Mensa over here. <laughs> I could literally join Mensa. I'm not Holy going shit. to because there are a bunch of fuckwits. Yeah, I could. I could join Mensa if I really wanted to. But uh, Mensa sucks from what I know. <laughs> There's a really good yeah. podcast called My Year in Mensa about mm. someone who is like within our age group. Her name's Jamie. She joined Mensa and it is wild. Like I don't want to go anywhere near that kind of group. <laughs> what the hell? See, I no, thank you. have not taken an, a proper IQ, IQ test and I don't think I would because mm-hmm. – my memory is so bad. I no longer retain information. Oh, God. And see, I always yeah. thought maybe IQ tests were more about remembering things and being able to remember um, remember how to do things and, like, do equations and stuff like that. But I know that yeah. with BPD comes memory loss as well. So maybe there's a little more to IQ tests than I sort of gave them credit for. Maybe I just wanted to not like IQ tests because I know that I, if I took one, I would fail miserably. <laughs> See, I don't know. I don't know if I'm smart, but I also kind of think that if I was more switched on than I am, I would be way more miserable. I think the old saying ignorance is bliss is true. And I am happy being a big old dum-dum who knows nothing and will not do any maths and remembers absolutely nothing from high school and just just in my little cocoon, just covering my eyes. I don't want to know anything. And I definitely don't I want mean, a piece of paper that says I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm the smartest person in the world. Like, I know that these tests are bullshit. The only reason that we brought them up is because it was something that I was basically made to do as a child. I like the idea of IQ is is like it's ableist and classist and a bunch of, you know, those ist words that we we do like try to avoid. Fuck that. Um, But yeah, I think it was one of those things where it meant a lot of me, a lot to me at the time. Yep. Because I was this little kid trying to find a way in which I was different and special because I knew something was different about me. I just couldn't quite put my finger on what. And I think a lot of kids go through that experience where they're like, something is up with me. And, you know, their parents put them in those programs. They do those tests and stuff and they get high scores. Mm -hmm. And it's usually at the end of the day because they will have you know, they'll have ADHD or they'll have something along those lines. I'm not saying those kids aren't smart. I'm not saying that people with ADHD can't be smart. Hello, I'm right here. I have ADHD and I'm extremely fucking smart. Fight me. But yeah, at the end of the day, like (laughs) it's really hard to go through that whole, like it's like going through a fucking meat processor. You know, (laughs) you are squeezed into these roles very young and you're expected to uphold them as you're going through like adolescence and adulthood and it's honestly you can't it is unreasonable to expect that to try and uphold that it's just it's a mess total mess I like I said was never IQ tested but I was in a lot of gifted and talented programs in primary school in kindergarten I was in a writing one for fairy tale writing or something and I remember going for one day to a to a program where we wrote 
wrote stories and things like that. And then I was in an art one a couple of years later in like grade two, I think. I went to an art gifted and talented program. And then I was, I went to gifted and talented camp later on. And I was made to feel very special. And a lot of emphasis, I think, by my parents was put on academically what I was capable of. And I remember going to, what is it, the opportunity class hey, test. Hey, yeah, I to, did that. Um, I did that. To to get into the the special school to do the special program and I took the test and I remember getting the letter back and it was saying that I was on the waiting list and I was gutted I was in like grade four or three or four or something you would like have been that in grade to go four. into the grade you five grade class four. I was so gutted I felt like a, a massive failure because so much emphasis was put on getting into that class and doing all of these other other talented things outside of regular schooling, when I couldn't achieve that, I felt like it was my fault that I'd done something wrong. And I think maybe that was where my, I don't know how to put it. That was where I started to feel, I think maybe where I started to put less effort into all of those kinds of things. I still did my creative stuff, but academically, that's where I went, I'm not as smart as I think I am. Oh, definitely. And I was still on the waiting list. They could have just rejected me straight out. I was still on the waiting list. That was a, That's pretty good for everyone in the state to be put on that waiting list. And there's only like 30 kids or something that can be accepted to the class. But still, I felt like absolute garbage. And that's part of the reason why with my own kids – I don't put the emphasis on results. Um, they get their report cards back and if their behavior is good, then I say they had a great report. They get emailed now. They don't do actual um, paper reports. So they, I get them emailed. I don't even tell my kids when they get C's or D's. They don't need to know that. They're trying. They are um, behaving like as in they're, they're nice to their peers and their teachers and that's all that we care about. I don't want to put that horrible pressure oh, definitely. on them that I had definitely. put on me. And look, I'm probably extremely biased, but you're a great parent. Hmm. And I'm really, I'm really happy for your kids. Like, I think they're growing up in a really good environment. And I feel sad that we did not have that kind of environment and that other people our age like us didn't have that kind of environment and honestly other kids that are kids right now that are like us don't have that kind of yeah. environment it's really upsetting it is because and but it's yeah. not academic um achievement isn't the be all and end all oh god no if you are super duper smart and you can recite mathematical equations or other such bullshit but you're an absolute cunt of a person have you really succeeded in life because I'm gonna go ahead and say no I mean I'm a cunt I'm a cunt of a person and I am not academically uh, talented at all but I mean that's you can take me seriously because I am one yeah so I can safely say (laughs) it's not everything it's cracked up to be oh exactly exactly definitely 100% I feel like I don't even try 
now as an adult, like I don't really see the point. I did, I did like an internet IQ test thing and I got, I got less than 50% of like (laughs) the questions, right? Because if it takes a little bit more than a tiny little bit of brain power, I'm out. I'm like, no, I'm just going to guess. It's that one. And like the math questions come up calculate this i'm like uh no i'm just gonna take a guess and press a button it's like i can't be fucked with iq tests i cannot be bothered being smart i think that's what it is i can't be bothered being smart i'm very proud of you it's just so much easier to be an idiot it's so much easier i'm very proud of you for being able to like recognize that about yourself um thank you at the end of the day, I'm a fucking genius. So let's not forget that, that I'm the smart one. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> this is why I take you seriously, actually, because you're a no. genius. So now I know that you saying to me <laughs> that it's okay that I'm a dickhead and I, I'm an idiot makes me feel okay because you're a certified genius. And if a certified genius says it to me, <laughs> then it must be true. Every evil genius needs their fucking dumbass sidekick. So. (laughs) I am so happy to be the Robin to your Batman. Oh my God, I'm getting emotional here. This is just, thank you. (laughs) And it's not just because I look really good in the tights that you make me wear. It is very funny to me because I almost exclusively wear black and you wear a lot of bright colours. That's true. It, honestly, honestly. And then there's the mask and the cape that I wear around everywhere. We are BPD's Batman and Robin. <gasps> the B in BPD stands for Batman. Yeah. And the... There's no R. I, I can't come up with... I was trying to come up with a joke. <laughs> I'm like, oh. The... the the D stands for D- Robin. No, no, you can't make that work audibly. That has to be a visual joke. I'm much better on Twitter. I promise I'm really good on Twitter. Like, yeah, I'm much better on Twitter. It's just such a good medium for those <clears throat> kinds of jokes. But when you're saying that shit out loud, it just doesn't sound funny. It no. just doesn't Well, work. I thought it was funny. But if someone was to tweet, if someone was to fucking tweet the D in BPD stands for Robin. I would lose my mind. I'm not going to lie. I would absolutely lose my fucking mind. I would retweet that immediately um, and make all my friends look at it. Well, how about... But unfortunately... You can follow us on Twitter, D-Y-S-L-M-Pod, and we will tweet that after, after this goes out. We will tweet that. Perfect. That's a great idea. I think that's good. The BPD... The D in BPD stands for Drobin. Batman. Batman panned Drobin. Batman penetrates Drobin. Why did I go there? Because you're too busy thinking about clerks. You've got penetration on the mind. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe I took those poor children. To see that you movie. I can't believe I didn't get into to see trouble for too. it. What is wrong with you? What is fucking wrong with you? My God. I mean, I'm really I'm proud of you for being Ill. a fucking nutcase, but my God. My God. <laughs> my I, goodness. Genuinely, genuinely, 
don't mm-hmm. understand why I didn't get in trouble for that. N- none of the kids must have told their parents. It was because you were a teacher's pet. Yeah, I was a teacher's pet. <laughs> Did you know that Mrs. Marnie, who was our year advisor, I absolutely yes. loved her. She, she was, she was, um, was, yeah. I mean, I think if... She was the tournament of the minds lady. I think if you're a queer kid and you have mental illness, you were obsessed with your English teacher. I had a big crush on my English teacher and I also had a big crush on my geography teacher. And then they started dating each other. (gasps) So can you imagine how my tiny bisexual brain (laughs) coped with that? I could not cope. I could not cope. And I I don't know. Was it? Go on. Miss Kate? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 And do you remember who my geography teacher was? Mr... Oh, shit. <laughs> was he the one that had his house done up and he's dead now? Or is that a different one? No, I didn't know he was dead. If he's, I need to Google this right now because I'm pretty sure I have him on Facebook. But what the fuck? He died? Oh, really? I hope it's I not I don't him. know. Who, I, anyway, I don't think we're thinking of the same one. All I remember is that when I was 15, I thought he looked like Justin Timberlake and I wanted to fuck him oh. so badly. Well, it's but not he the was one like, I'm thinking of. <laughs> no, it's not the one you're thinking of. It's not. Wow. <laughs> oh, I know everyone was obsessed with Mr. Shoe. Oh, Mr. Shoe. I also had a big crush on him. I feel like I feel like we do need to dedicate an episode at some point just to talking about the fucked up shit that went on oh. at the high school that we both went to. Oh, we could shit. really holy do a whole shit. episode on that. My God. All right. I'll pencil it in. I'll write it down in my notes. Hell yeah. All right. We get, we've got some planning on. We're doing really well for people with ADHD. I said I would write it down in my notes, but I probably won't. Actually, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to put it in my phone. Otherwise. Good. Good idea. Good idea. All right. While Jace is playing with their phone, I guess I need to entertain you all. (laughs) Um, Tell me a story. uh, Oh, fuck. I don't have any stories. Uh, Once upon a time, there was a person and i don't fucking know i don't fucking know i used to i used to be a really good storyteller and then you got the brain worms oh i did i did get the brain worms how do you think we're doing so far jace i think we're doing really well yeah i think think there's a lot of shit i'm going to have to cut out but i think we're doing really well i think we're um Yeah. yeah better than i thought we would do considering we're both absolute messes oh of people. total messes and also it's tired it's late <laughs> it's late and we're tired it's tired <laughs> there we- <laughs> oh my i was literally just trying to convey the fact that we were tired and i fucked it up no i think you conveyed it very very well i think i conveyed it very well just that we are tired very tired but you know it's been a big day of grappling with technology, but I think we've done a pretty yes. good job so far. It's also extremely hot down here <laughs> where I am. I'm in the laundry where I've got my little um, oh, yeah. set up and I can't have the fan going because... You've got your little boo. I do. Yeah, I can't have the fan going because obviously you guys would hear it. We don't have air conditioning in this house except for the one little portable one that my lovely friend gave me free of charge. And I could move it down here, but it's also extremely loud. So it's hot. I'm tired. Haven't had anything to eat since lunchtime. Oh, my God. I'm ready 
to scream. Please eat. My goodness. I forgot. Fucking go get some chips. Crunch them on the microphone. Oh my god. I don't give a shit. Please eat. If that if I was listening to a podcast, we'll just we'll just do ASMR. I was listening to a podcast the other day and someone started eating and I almost vomited everywhere. It was fucking putrid. And I will never ever do that to anyone listening to our podcast. So that should be incentive enough for you. I will never eat or drink into the microphone because I respect you all as people. Okay? I will because I'm a gremlin. I'll just fucking do it. I will throw <laughs> my <laughs> headphones directly onto the floor. Good. I can't wait. Can't wait. <laughs> Basically, I'm saying I'll never eat into the microphone because... Good, um, good. I, I, I probably wouldn't. I can't promise I won't drink, but like I try to angle away from the microphone when I'm drinking. I'm just a very dehydrated mm-hmm. bitch and I need to be drinking liquids <laughs> almost constantly. Yeah. Um, Re is Spongebob. Yes, I am Spongebob. <laughs> I am in fact Spongebob. You and Spongebob doesn't, uh, doesn't have enough water. That's yes, what we're is. both incredibly thirsty and gay. <laughs> yeah that makes sense that makes sense does that make me patrick um yes i think that does make you patrick i'm a himbo oh himbo icon himbo icon patrick star (gasps) i've always wanted to be someone's himbo icon i mean you've always been my himbo icon even before i knew what himbos were i just knew that you were oh my god that's i just knew that you respected women and that you were dumb that's absolutely true actually you've nailed it yeah hit the nail on the head i am good looking dumb and sweet yes i am a himbo yeah, exactly i'm actually not that good looking oh fuck if off. anyone doesn't know fuck what off. i look like fuck <laughs> off no we're not doing that no no we are not doing that i'll do what i want no oh, fuck off you will <laughs> see how this certified genius speaks to me like i'm absolute <laughs> rubbish because i'm a himbo <laughs> No, you're just a fucking starfish. I'll say what uh, I well, want. Well, <laughs> depends on the situation. <laughs> oh, come on. That's not fair. That's not fucking fair. That, oh. Jace. hey <laughs> Oh, God. Should we, should we wrap this up? I feel like we're getting towards a kind of natural end point here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was the first episode of Do You Still Like Me? A podcast for the unhinged by the unhinged. You can follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at DYSLMPod and follow us individually on our personal accounts, which are linked in the bios and in the description for this episode. Huge thanks to Sam for the podcast artwork. You can find them on Instagram at NiceBoyArt. Thanks to Michael for the music and to you for listening. Re? Yeah. After this conversation, uh huh, everything that we have talked about, do you still like me? Yes, I still like you, Jace. <sighs> That's a relief. <laughs> Even though you took a bunch of children to see Clerks too, I still like you. <laughs> <laughs>